0: Welcome to This Crip Life, a place where you can meet disabled people and learn about the things that affect them. This is an Asheville FM podcast produced by DIY Able. This crip Life, and we're with our favorite deep dive person, Vicki Young. Say hi, Vicki. Hi. Vicki's waving hi. Okay, so and she did say hi. So we're going to talk about accommodations, and I'm going to let Vicki kind of define what that means for people that don't know.
1: So a reasonable accommodation is defined under the Americans with Disabilities Act as any change or adjustment to a job, the work environment, or the way things usually are done that will allow you to apply for a job, perform job functions, or enjoy equal access to benefits available to other individuals in the workplace. I should say other non-disabled individuals in the workplace.
0: So, yeah, so basically, um, this is like the ADA saying we need to create an equal space for disabled people to work as non-disabled people. Um, I had my experience with working when I lived in the Bay Area, I worked for a telemarketing company, and they told, and, you know, at the time, I I didn't really realize about the law of accommodations, I, I wasn't that as informed as I am now about that so they would just do things like take all my files and move it to a desk that I could not even get to and I'd be like where are my files unfortunately my friend worked there from with me and helped me get the job so I was like can you get those you know and I constantly dealt with it and now in hindsight I'm like oh I could have given them so much crap but I didn't and then eventually I was let go let go from that job because they didn't want to accommodate me because I was having chronic pain and I wanted to work from home. And, you know, they thought I was going to lie about my hours or something. So they didn't want to let me work from home. So, yeah, and I... I didn't really know about accommodations and now I think like, oh God, if I had known, I could have been like, you have to let me work from home because it is the law and I just didn't know. And I think a lot of disabled people actually don't know and non-disabled people as well. So that's why I think it's really an important thing to talk about. You've had, I mean, I was not disabled going to college and all that stuff. So uh, that's why I really wanted to talk to you because you've had a lot of experience with education and jobs, they're like, we don't want to hire you because you're disabled, but they don't say it directly. They say it's for some other reason. So I haven't really had that much experience in actual workplaces, except for the ones I, one I just talked about. So after that happened, I just was like, well, forget it. I'm just going to kind of work for myself and figure out how to make money that way. So, so yeah, please share your experiences with education and employment and how, you know, they weren't, they weren't, you weren't accommodated.
1: Yeah. So within the workplace, I don't really have any, you know, issues with that. I was really lucky to have pretty decent employers. Like the first job I ever had was at a subway. And my boss knew my mom and (laughs) my brother. So pretty much any issues that I had with them, if they were if you know I wasn't being accommodated they were like I'm like well I'll just go tell my mom and complain to my mom about this and then my mom would have some words with them if necessary but like for the most part none of them cared when I had my um, shoulder surgery uh, it was pretty easy to get accommodations I just straight up told my boss yo I can't like do the pepper thingy where you have to like keep grinding like this and I can't reach any higher than like this so anything that's on a shelf higher than that not my problem anything over five pounds not my problem so I was kind of just like there to be pretty and make subs and not do any proper dishes or like anything else um, which was nice and I worked I worked there pretty much my entire life as like a legal employer from like all of uni uh, and then like my jobs at uni again I was just like hi, this is what's going on. You're going to accommodate this. I don't care what your opinion is because that's not an opinion and didn't really have any issues with them. Um, My employer directly after I graduated sucked with accommodations. Like they just didn't believe in them. It wasn't like something that you had to follow. They did bully a lot of disabled people out of the establishment. Like if you weren't physically able to walk around for like 10 hours a day, they would just bully you. Like we had a few women who are older, uh, have some form of physical disability and they get yelled at like 24 seven. Oh, why are you sitting down? It's like, because my chronic illness hurts. Like that's why. And they'd be like, no, get up. And then the kicker is... A, the like director of operations has some form of physical disability, but she still yells at everybody else. And she illegally parks as well. She parks. We have like an area that says no parking fire lane only. And she parks her car in there and her defense has always been, well, I'm disabled. Like I can't walk up the hill. And I'm like, I'm disabled. Sucks to be you. You can't park in a fire lane. Um, I was also rude and I filed numerous complaints against her to our university and the fire department saying this car keeps parking there this car keeps parking there yeah um, she still parks there uh, it's not parking spots so fire plane anyway um, we also that employer also has uh, Most of our dishwashing staff are people with uh, developmental intellectual disabilities, and they definitely get abused at work and treated like shit. Um, Management, not receptive. They're like, oh, we have to be nice to them because they're special. Like, make sure to say hi to them. And I'm always like make sure to treat them with dignity and respect but okay sure you keep doing whatever it is you're doing over there uh they're not allowed to be out on the floor like they have to be either like in the back kitchen or like a dish they're really not allowed to be like seen by the students because you know god forbid right um But yeah, I ended up leaving because they were not accommodating quite clearly. Don't work for them anymore, thank God. Um, My current employer, uh, fully work work from home, choose your own hours, such a great option. Um, And then- When it comes to school it's kind of hit or miss standardized testing hate accommodations like god forbid a disabled person wants to take a test it just does not go well whatsoever my accommodations requests on the ap tests were denied um because especially for like ap english they were like no you can't have a laptop to write three essays because it'll give you an unfair advantage and i'm like it's not going to. I'm going to get a five on this regardless. But, like, I want my hands to work after this exam. Uh, needless to say, they said no to that. And I said, fuck you, and took the exam. And then, and I had already talked to like the school nurse as well. And I was like, so the AP lit exam ends at this time. I will see you in your office within five minutes of it ending. And we're going <laughs> to chill. I'm not going back to classes. I'm not doing anything. And I literally just showed up and she goes, how's your hand? I was like, I'm done. No, and like she had, we had like some, you know, stuff for OT in the office that I could like, you know, try to get my hand not hurt anymore. But, uh, ACT, I was denied accommodations because if you're, you are Too disabled to not be able to take this test without assistance, then you're too disabled to go to uni, is what I was told. And needless to say, I graduated from uni and I'm in law school, so I don't really know how that one panned out, their logic. I think I still succeeded, Um, but needless to say, I also didn't do very well because when you don't have certain accommodations, like you just can't perform no matter how intelligent you are, it is very difficult to like actually perform. Like I can't write an essay in 50 minutes. My hand is not going to let me do that at all because I have to stop every couple seconds and do this with my hand or like something so my joints don't lock. And it's really hard to write a really good ACT essay when you have to stop every few minutes and mess with your hands. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah so I, what like a couple of things you said about the job, like keeping the, you know, the developmental or intellectual disabled people in the back, you know, almost reminds me of like the ugly laws, like where they were like, if you if we don't like the way you look, you can't be in public, which, you know doesn't exist anymore, but it did at one time. So it's kind of like almost an extension of that being like, we don't want people to see
1: that you're yep. here working because you look so different. And, and like, out. if they, you know, God forbid they, I know some autistics are very like sensitive to sound and they might have, you know, some kind of reaction when they're in that loud sound or something like that. God forbid, you know, that happens, My our, my old employer would be like, that's a bad representation of our company. Like they want to put, they see it as like, oh, we want to put that best foot forward. So we only have like non-visibly non-disabled people out on the floor where you can see them because like, they'll be able to control themselves. Like they'll be able to present the company in the best light possible that's not what happened everyone there hates the company they just want a paycheck so and <laughs> in the end, didn't really work out yeah yeah in the <laughs> end everyone really is
0: there for the paycheck they're not there yeah, because they love the company
1: definitely not there because the company is supportive and loving and family i mean some of them probably aren't even there for the pay they don't paid much but right, right. yeah so yeah the other thing that you were talking about was
0: yeah you're taking the act it's like you have a disability it's hard for you to use your hands and write and you have to stop every couple of minutes to, you know move them around yep. and whatnot um so yeah it, it it's not creating equality for you or another person with a disability when you have to literally think about how, you know, how you're going to perform on this test without your accommodation. So immediately that's inequality right there. Like a non-disabled person just, you know, they're nervous about taking the test and getting preparing for it, but they're not thinking like my hands. I have to or whatever, whatever the yeah. disability is, they, yep. a non-disabled person isn't coming in with that extra stuff to think about and perform on a test, and do well, so they can get into college.
1: (laughs) One of the biggest things, like, even with, you know, testing accommodations, and to some extent, like, academic accommodations, you have to apply to have your medication on you so I have asthma I was not allowed to carry my inhaler with me through like most of through like all of middle school because they're like oh well you could give it to the other kids and I'm like yeah let me give my inhaler that's like $200 to a bunch of gross kids who I don't know where the hell their mouths have been yeah that's what I'm gonna do also like what's it gonna do they're not gonna get high from. From it because it's not a psychoactive medication All that's gonna happen is like the little tubes that go into your lungs they're gonna expand they're gonna get more oxygen Oh I'm giving the other kids oxygen how the horror!
0: Yeah. You'd be um, actually helping the kids. Yeah,
1: <laughs> really. really? <laughs> I
0: don't know. I think more oxygen isn't such a bad
1: thing. A yeah, little bit I don't. More. I don't think there's anything <laughs> bad with giving somebody who does not have asthma like asthma medications. It's yeah. not. It's not. Again, nothing bad is going to happen. I understand, like, to a certain extent, why I wasn't allowed to carry like Tylenol around. Again, oh wow, we're making someone else's pain go away. Like none of these medications are going to get you high. So why the hell it was allowed to carry them. I'm not sure. Uh, some schools don't allow for students to carry their EpiPens around um, because sharp needle. Ooh, yeah, it, there's some like really dumb logic behind it. But I wasn't, I would have to like figure out, well, shit, if I'm having an asthma attack in class at this point of the building, how am I going to get to the nurse's office, which is at this point of the building, like down, two flights of stairs and around the corner Um, and my high school is even worse because it's the size of like a community college campus and the elevators all had keys so and the elevator was like in the most inconvenient place in the building as well so like if I was having an you know an asthma attack in one section of the school I would have to like somehow manage to get myself down some stairs or get myself to the elevator and then still walk across the building to get my inhaler, which if I'm having an asthma attack, I'm not doing any of that. And like there, you know, my teachers wouldn't always be aware of like what to do either if you know, someone's having an asthma attack, they're not trained on how to, like, administer an inhaler to somebody who's, like, blacking out or some shit like that. Like, my As asthma not attacks doctors. are never, like, yeah, mine are never, like, you know, super bad to where I've needed someone else to administer my inhaler, but, like, if I'm, tra- if I'm trapped without it, I'm pretty much screwed. Um, and somebody's still going to have to go get the nurse and the nurse is going to have to walk all the way across campus to get me my stupid inhaler when all of this could have been avoided if I could have just had my inhaler in my pocket the entire time. I did win um, in high school when I challenged them and said... This is too fucking big. You are giving me my goddamn inhaler and I will fight you. And they were like, oh yeah, sure. No problem. And I was like okay, why the hell was that even a conversation? But I would still have to go to the nurse's office to get like Tylenol. Or um, if I had to do one of the like steroids for my asthma, I wasn't allowed to carry that because again, giving kids oxygen and letting their lungs expand a little bit is apparently like really bad for kids. Like you can't have that.
0: Yeah. I think that that reason that happens is like, it's like kind of this anti-drug thing. So then they're like apply they're like giving like this general rule of that. And then I also feel when you're a disabled child, you know, you're not, you're not going to give your medication to other people. You're just going to take it for yourself. So it's just a strange, it's strange how we like apply all these rules to kids and then like thinking they can't, you know, and you know, take care of themselves when they have a disability. Like, I, they probably yeah. know more. I mean, I feel like as an adult, like when I'm doing things, I, it's just easier for me to do it than explain to someone. Like, okay, this is what you need to do, and and I I feel like it would be the same for kids when they're dealing. You know, when that's something they use to live life and stuff. So yeah. And like Um, most disabled
1: kids, like growing up, like they know how to take their medication and they know not to share it. Like I've never seen, and I've had, I've, you know, went to school with some other kids with some like minor chronic illness. I don't think anything that like came to the disabled, to like the disability definition level. Um, But I would have other students like just (coughs) pill down it, like they know what to do. They know to not talk to, you know, they know not not to share it. They're just, Gonna take it when they need it. And it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely for non disabled kids who ruin this for everybody. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's little Timmy who is sneaking his crack into school and giving it to everybody. Let's be real. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's not It's not the disabled kids coming in and selling selling hard drugs. It's uh, yeah. the non disabled I mean, like, kids. Too. At, yeah. You know, at university level, it's again, Definitely. It's still non-disabled kids selling ADHD medication that maybe at one point they had a prescription for it and they just like stopped taking or they faked an ADHD. They faked enough ADHD symptoms to get the diagnosis and get the pills. And then they're selling them that kind of stuff for like, you know, they stole someone else's ADHD medication or whatever. Like those instances, I understand why you shouldn't why you can't have your Adderall with you in your pocket at school all the time but like life-saving medications should not have to be something that you have to request an accommodation to even have in the school let alone have on your person
0: yeah like an asthma inhaler is not Adderall you no. know, it's not the same thing. So, yeah, I just think as a society, we just kind of like, are like, no to all of it, even though, you know, an, an inhaler is not the same as taking Adderall. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the LSAT because. I know. Okay, so Vicki Vicky got into law school, and we're so proud of her as the disabled community. We're so proud of Vicky for getting into law school. Um, but before she got into law school, she had to take the LSAT, and I actually met Vicki while she was going through this process, and... I knew Vicky was smart and I felt like she was going to pass it when she's <laughs> like no just throw, I'm going to throw it in a garbage dump it's going to be fire but yeah, so oh. go, go ahead explain you know your frustration and the process you had to go through you know to take the LSAT as a decision. Yeah,
1: so team. I took the LSAT twice, partly because I didn't study the first time, but I also didn't study because I didn't have accommodations. So I was like, well, shit, I'm not going to even be able to get close to finishing this exam. So kind of why bother? Also, I'm not paying for this. So why bother? Um, but you, so for all standardized testing in general, you have to ha- go through like this really extensive application process. And for the LSAT, it was like, eight or nine pages, I think of forms that you had to submit with doctor's um, approval and you had to like physically go into your doctor and hand them these forms or email them to them, whichever your doctor prefers. And they have to approve the fact that you need to, you need accommodations. They write which specific accommodations you need. They have to submit your diagnostic information to the LSAT. Um, and the LSAT doesn't always accept and accommodation requests when you're in that diagnosis phase. So let's say you're in the diagnosis phase for ADHD. Um, If you don't have that official diagnosis, some standardized testing accommodations forms are not for you. Like you, for whatever reason, we just don't accept non-diagnoses. I was in a very similar position trying to, at the time when I was originally applying, this was in... September, October, 2020, something like that. Um, When I was first filling out the forms, um, my neurologist refused to fill them out and said, you don't need accommodations. Also, uh, you need to physically come in and fill this out. And I was like, well, there's a pandemic and I'm high risk. So no. Um, And basically like, because she didn't want to fill out the forms and you're not allowed to forge the information, which totally could have forged all of the information, but her credentials, like I knew what accommodations I needed. I knew my diagnostic codes because we have printed, you know, you get printouts from your doctors with them. So like, I knew what I needed. She just wouldn't sign the forms and neither would my rheumatologist, because again, you didn't physically come in to do them. Um, so I ended up not having my accommodations on the first one and in addition to just not studying because it was a nice self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, I don't have my accommodations, so I'm not going to do well. But also if I don't study, I'm not going to do well, but but I don't have my accommodations. Why bother to study when I know I can't get past the first like five or six questions anyway? Like 35 minutes is not enough time for this brain to function at all. I don't know who created that timeline, but It's not meant for kids with uh, brain shit going on, Um, let alone writing disabilities. no um but so for the second one I again had to go through and reapply because so each time you read you take an exam even if you take it multiple times so like let's say you take the ACT twice you have to apply for accommodations both times to fill out all the new paperwork typically some let them roll over but others you have to resubmit everything which is annoying um and I got everything you know filled out for my doctors finally uh I got a hold of my undergrad disability counselor who sent me the like accommodations form that he had of like listing that yes i he has reviewed my medical records and has come to the conclusion that I do have a disability under the ADA definition that requires accommodations. And here are the ones that have been awarded. Um, And so I submitted all of that. I did low key change some of the info on my doctor's forums because she wrote a bunch of dumb shit on there. She also filled them out wrong. So like, I don't know how she's a doctor, but where it says name, she didn't write her name and she just like filled in assorted information. Like she put her email in the wrong place, her contact information in the wrong place. It's a form. All of the information is like laid out. Just put your information next to it. Yeah, she didn't do that. So I had to awkwardly call and be like, so my doctor's kind of dumb and just didn't fill this out correctly. And she was like, what do you mean she didn't fill it out correctly? I was like, well, when it says name a physician, she wrote the hospital name. Uh, I was like, and that's just the tip of the iceberg here. And she was like... Oh, yeah. Go ahead and just like fill her information out correctly on the online form. I was like, God bless. Thank you. Um, And I ended up adding in. She like left off half the accommodations. She just didn't finish filling form out either. And even though she was like, yeah, you need this one, this one, this one and this one on the like rest of the form. She just left it blank. And I was like, that's not how you fill out a form, but okay. So I had to like correct it. And I was like paranoid that they were going to call her and she's going to be like, that's not what I wrote. I'm like, yeah, because you're stupid. That's why it's not what you wrote. Because like you wrote dumb things.
0: And the doctor probably wouldn't even remember what she wrote. Or he, I don't know if it's a she or he. But yeah, I've had the same issue with doctors. I'm like, what? Like in North Carolina. If you're disabled, your doctor, you know, and I understand like if you have seizures or stuff like that, they want to just make sure that you're a person that can be driving and not Mm -hmm. things like that won't happen. Yeah. Which I don't, you know, I had a spinal cord injury. I have nerve damage. That's about it. But, you know, I don't have seizures. So I the first time I got my license, she filled out the form. Yeah. And then on the bottom, it said, right, if you if she needs to have this form filled out every year and she did for some reason, she wrote that. And I was just like, and so then the next year, like I got this letter, they're like, your license is suspended till you get this. And I was like, what? And I was like, kind of like, what's going on? I didn't understand. And I call actually called the state of North Carolina. I'm like, I don't understand. They're like, oh, your doctor wrote that you have to fill this out every year, and I was like, what? So yeah, I actually called my doctor. I actually changed my, I didn't like her to begin with, but I really liked the practice because they were really organized. And I liked another doctor in the practice that I had seen when she wasn't there. So I just was like, I do not want her as my doctor. I think this is like really discriminatory that she wrote that because she knows my condition. I don't have seizures. I have a spinal cord injury. I don't know why she would write. I have to be reviewed every year. Um, I think that's discriminatory towards me and against the ADA and I don't want her as my doctor. I want this other woman as my doctor. And they were like, okay, We just have to, as courtesy, we have to ask the other doctor if that's okay. And so it was okay, and she agreed. And so I have this newer doctor who's a lot more... I don't know. She's a lot more like, um, she understands about disability and she's, you know, she's aware that I totally understand what's going on with me. So I almost tell her like, I think this and this and this, what do you think? And she's like, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we need to worry about that and stuff. So, so yeah, I've had, I've had multiple experiences with that's just the one experience with the doctor. I've had many experience. I had another doctor because I have this neuropathy pain that, is every other day. And I went to a neurologist and I'm curious. I mean, I'm not asking them to get rid of it. I'm just wondering why is it every other day? Because I'm an intelligent human being and I'd like to nap. Um, And he's, he's like, he didn't even say like, well, you know, explaining it in a doctor. He's like, he just said, you're lucky. You don't have it every day. And I was like, and then immediately right then I was like, okay, I'm not coming back to this doctor.
1: Yep. I was like yep. pretty much like,
0: I'm gonna find another neurologist. So so yeah, doctors, I mean that's a whole other subject, which maybe we'll have to do a deep dive into doctors with Vicki and some other people. Um, but yeah, so yeah, doctors. Aren't all, and that's the thing. I think it's really important for disabled people to have a doctor that they can trust that will do that kind of stuff and get it right for them because it's so important to have a good doctor to do that because that's like our kind of passage into getting what we need for
1: our rights. So. <laughs> So, yeah. So, I'm sorry that happened with your doctors. It's so annoying. I just made shit up, and I was like, haha, yeah. this is now your professional rep- reputation, even though you kind of sort of wrote it, but I, I still don't know how she's has a PhD uh, because she wrote night mode. You know how, like, programs have, like, dark mode? Right, right. Yeah, where everything's black. Yeah. yeah somehow she interpreted that as, like, I have to take the exams in the Dark, dark mode, because it yeah. essentially I, that's no. Like no. A- I was in like, not dark mode, like on a computer but like dark as in all of the lights are off in my room and it's night outside. Like I'm in a black room. It had nothing right. to do with like my computer right, all, right. or a program. It was just like, she needs to take this route, this test in a dark room with little lighting and needs to take it when it's not sunny outside. And I was like, that's not what dark mode means. That's I know. Not even and it's, means.
0: And that's- yeah. And so <laughs> then you wonder why a doc, her, doesn't understand what that is. Like she obviously has no clue and just made crap up because because <laughs> she had to because that was her job to fill that out for you. And she just made stuff up instead of maybe asking you or figuring it out and writing something that would you know help you help you get what you needed for that test. So then you did take it the second time and you got you got your accommodations the second time
1: i had almost all of them i just wasn't allowed to use dark mode on the exam and it was so awkward because it was approved by the lsac which is the group that like runs the lsat and they were like yeah you can use your uh chrome extension on the exam that's dark mode or your computer's settings that's fine and then I get to test day and I go on the system and it's not working because they're like oh yeah you can't have it and I was like well it's in my accommodation letter and the uh, woman on the call was like oh okay I was like yeah so what do I do because uh, you're ignoring my accommodations that have been approved and this is a violation of the ADA and she was just like well uh, I think we're just going to start the test unless you want to like file a complaint first I was like I guess I'll do that after (laughs) okay I don't want to get this like six hour thing out of the way. No, I take that back. It was only three. My exam was three hours because I had the extended time felt like six though. Um, but yeah, so I had take the exam without my dark mode, which... not good for my brain at all shit hurts my head um, and can trigger migraines and potentially seizures as well so i had to take it without that for like three hours on my computer without my dark mode and i was just like not feeling it at one point i was just like casually put my head down and i was like i'm just gonna take a mini nap real quick just to you know reset everything Yeah, no, I
0: totally understand. So Vicky, explain to for people that don't know what dark mode is like. Because I think a lot of people see that and they're just like, oh, this is cool. I don't have to look at this bright white light, but it's actually an accessibility issue as well, which a lot of non-disabled people don't realize. So, you know, go ahead and explain that.
1: Yeah. So dark mode is essentially it's a program that flips colors on your screen. Um, There's a couple different. I should say dark mode is a type of invert color. Mode And like invert color can be used to just do things like, um, uh, instead of a black and white color scheme, it's like black and yellow or black and green. And it's usually like a neon green or like a neon yellow. Um, there's also like grayscale. There's like the muted colors for people who are colorblind or need only pastels or like, um, just need like neutrals and it helps people to like better read their screens and see for colorblind people. It obviously helps them see because when everything, the colors that you can't see, you can't see shit. Um, but for, uh, specifically for things like dark mode, grayscales and dim mode, which dim mode is usually just like, instead of it's being black and white, like a black background with white text, it's like a dark gray with like a creamy white text um, those are really good for people who are photosensitive. So, those who are sensitive to light. Um, some people, light can trigger, you know, like bright lights can trigger migraines and seizures, um, just other really not fun stuff. So, dark modes, dim modes, inverted color options, all of those things are a good way to help kind of prevent those. They don't completely, obviously, like stop them, but it's a great way to like reduce the risk of you suffering. One of those things, and also for non-disabled people, like it does help reduce eye strain on computers. Like your like a white background is really bad for your brain. Brain doesn't like that. Um, but it's something that even though it's meant for uh, for disabled people, like non-disabled people can get a lot of benefits from it. And there's there have been a lot of studies that have come out saying why like dark mode should be the like default mode for like everything online. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just something that
0: disabled people can have migraine seizures or, you know, colorblind people, but it benefits non-disabled people as well. Yep. So talk about, do you want to, do you have any experiences not getting accommodations in college, like
1: that, you know, classes and stuff like that? Yeah, so my freshman year at Heidelberg University in Tiffin, Ohio, because we're going to name draft. If anyone want, watching this like wants to file a complaint with the Board of Education, feel free. Heidelberg University, Tiffin, Ohio, 310 East Market Street. ZIP code is 44883. Have fun with that. Um, I've filed way too many that have just gone unnoticed, so... Feel free to join me in that one. Um, My freshman year, I was straight up denied academic accommodations. Uh, The disabilities counselor was like, why do you need these? And I was like, because I have arthritis. And he was just like, but you're on the dance team here. And I was like, these aren't mutually exclusive. I had these in high school and I was a D1 athlete in high school. I played soccer. I still need accommodations in the classroom. And he was just like, uh, well, since you're an athlete, like we can't really give you these. And I was just like, whatever. Uh, so I kind of just did whatever I wanted <laughs> for classes. Um, I can't really say at the time heidelberg's a joke university i didn't i still like i went to my classes i kind of sort of did the reading outside of class but you can you don't have to study i finished my degree brain dead like i wish that was a joke but i literally had a seizure that made me brain dead and i finished well it was supposed to be the toughest semester you could take a heidelberg and i still finished so and i was literally brain dead um but, <laughs> so that gives you any idea of the quality of education. Um, I still like I still struggled, but I had individual professors who I would like whine to and they were like, yeah, sure. We'll, the how you know we'll help out. Um, I had my two professors in the criminology department. I told them what was going on, and they were like, "That's bullshit." But here's your accommodations in our classrooms. We'll chat with your psych professors, who um, were also pretty accommodating as well. I had like one or two who were like, uh, I don't want to participate in this. My sophomore year, I lost the ability to write completely. I dislocated my shoulder six times, so I wasn't able to like put my arm on a desk and write, and I was getting ready to leave about two and a half weeks early at the end of the semester. Uh, naturally, my accommodations were denied because I guess you don't need to be able to write in class, and the provost solution was well she could just take her laptop into class and I was like I don't learn that way at all like Mm -hmm. that's not how I learn that's not how I study I cannot do that and pass these classes and she was like well I don't know what to tell you then and I was like cool we've reached an impasse and so my individual professors like all of them bought who gave me a um, like computer-based exam that semester because I was leaving early for surgery. And the one who was the head of the psychology department, she gave me a written exam and was like, you need to complete this in class. Well, for whatever reason, when you're taking a final exam on statistics, for whatever reason, she wanted me to stay in the classroom while a guest professor was giving an overview of statistics, like a remedial. All of you guys have failed your midterm final, except for like four of you. So we're going to catch you up before the final exam. And I sit front row in like all my classes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the professor who was giving the guest lecture was my academic advisor and one of the criminology professors. And he basically is just like... <laughs> What she trying to write over there? I was like, my final exam on exactly what you're about to teach. And he just looks at me and goes, give it to me. I was like, Merry Christmas. And he just sat there and wrote. And I was like, are you scribing? He goes, "I, you know this. I don't care. Just, as he's teaching, just like casually scribing. And my professor was just like, what are you doing? This is cheating. And he goes, you blatantly ignored accommodation. So either I do this or I report you. She was your own battle here. And she just kind of sat in salt in class and was like, fine, i will allow it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> yeah. I had um, one of the other psych professors was like, well you can't have your laptop during the exam to write the essays so you have to hand write the essays I was like I still can't fucking write how do you expect me to do that he goes just pick whatever surface is comfortable so like you can go downstairs and take it on the couches and just like you know prop up prop something up on your lap and write that way and I was like just that's not the solution. I still can't, like, physically write. So I go downstairs to where, like, you know, nobody is. And ironically, one of the other psych professors, who was also one of the crim professors, come down, comes down and sees me with, like, paper in front of me. And she goes, what you doing? I was, like, taking another written exam. And she goes, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> Literally just sat across from me and she was like, you can finish you're not so they like they did that. It's, I'm pretty sure that's academic dishonesty that I just admitted to, but it's in the face of an ADA violation, so um, I think the law wins here over academic conduct code of conduct like, but yeah i well, ended up
0: it's kind of an example of this like how edu- i don't know it's an example of how uneducated our entire world is about disability unless you're disabled so it's like it's just like one size fits all like Oh yeah, just do it this way, and you know, just you know, do it on your laptop. And you're like, I no, that doesn't work for me because of my brain stuff, and and but my yeah, arthritis is
1: preventing me from yeah, writing. And so, I didn't, like, so I didn't have my brain stuff at that time. That wasn't oh, until okay. my senior year. So right. in theory, like, could I have done all my schoolwork online? Yeah, but would I remember a single thing I type? No. I don't if I type something, I'm really not remembering it, unless it's something that I type 600 times or some ridiculous number. Like it's just not sticking to me, whereas like if I actually sit and write things out, you know, um, I remember it a lot better on the first go. So it just it would have definitely like been a detriment to my grade to have to like switch completely online. Uh, but there <sighs> Sometimes you have to go to extreme extents to get accommodations when your accommodations are denied by the institution that's supposed to provide them for you. Like, there's no reason I should have had to like go whine to my professors every two days this professor said something mean to me about my disability. Can you go yell at them? Like this, per- this professor gave me a written exam when they knew I'm supposed to have a digital exam. Like those are things that like I shouldn't have had to do, nor should my professors have had to been like, oh, well, I'll just write your exams for you because our other professors, you know, aren't paying attention to it. Um, My senior year, I wasn't able to get into one of the buildings because I had my I was like playing so badly and I couldn't really walk. Uh, But the professor who is teaching the class had just had back surgery. So he couldn't go down the stairs to like the accessible-ish classrooms. So it was this really awkward battle of, I was like, well, you can't get downstairs and I can't get in the fucking building. And he was just like, I've known you since your freshman year. He If you just don't show up to class, I don't care. He goes, you'll still top all of my exams, so do whatever the fuck you want. And I was like, score, not going to that class. And I would like, sh- I mean, I would show up for my exams, especially once uh, my arthritis flare, like, went down and I was, A, able to come to class a bit more. Um even after I missed like half the lessons in class, I still, sh- you know, I showed up for my exam and I still like tested, I think, I out like the second highest test score in the class or some shit. So like he wasn't concerned about my missing class affecting my grades. So I would like, some of my professors were like, yeah, you can just stop coming to class if you can't get in the building. They're like, just don't come. And I was like, cool. Love that one. Oh. <laughs> I can't do like super early classes with my brain stuff. So I had in undergrad, I had an 8am class. And I just straight up told my professor, I was like, so I sustained something. I was hospitalized. I'm just not coming to your class. I was like, it's all extern. Like, it was all an internship anyway. You just had to come in and like chat about your weekly experience. And I was like, no offense, but um, this class time isn't accessible. And I'm just not coming straight up. Like, we're not moving the class time. I'm just straight up not coming. And he was just like, you shouldn't be like telling me of your plans of truancy I was like oh I just wanted to make sure there was no miscommunication (laughs) like I'm just not coming to your class straight up it's too early in the morning um and I had like another 8 a.m class like the Tuesday, Thursday. And I went to that one because it was my only class of the day. So I was like, I think I can sleep. You know, I can sleep the rest of the day if I have problems with my head. But yeah, trying to get accommodations at my undergrad university was a pain in the ass because they just didn't believe in disability at all, especially when they would be like, oh, but you're taking this class. Oh, this is your undergrad GPA or this was your high school school GPA. And I'm like, and that doesn't mean shit. I still need accommodations, even though I have this as a GPA or like, you know, came in as like a junior. I still need accommodations.
0: Yeah. And that, that's weird that they're like, but you did so good in school. Why do you need <laughs> It's just a bizarre. They're not connected. And I don't know why people, because don't, disabled people
1: don't have good
0: GPAs. Right, right. We so, don't have 4.0s. Yeah. 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 But little do they know that's not true. Um, so now we're going to law school. Yeah. 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 But um, you were telling me like, so tell me some problems you've already had before even getting to the school. And then we'll do a part two, because then you'll go to school and you'll tell me about what's going on at the school while you're there. But tell me now what's happened to you before you and put your foot into the school
1: So I'm currently at the University of Cincinnati College of Law. Again, you guys can call and complain. Feel free. All for that. Um, And so with um, my arthritis, like I'm in a bit more of a flare state. So it takes me a lot longer to kind of get functional in the mornings. Uh, Usually like... 10 a.m. to 10 30 is like the earliest my body is going to be like yeah you can go out your door and go down some stairs without being in severe pain or without your knee just like surprise trust falling today so um, I had to (laughs) we had orientation this pat. we actually had orientation this past week and sessions were from like 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and I was just like hmm That 9 a.m. session is looking really sketchy. That's not happening. Because, like, I need a solid, like, two-hour, well... I would say like a style like 90 minutes to two hours for my morning medication to take effect to ice if needed and to do some physical therapy in the morning, you know, in addition to the normal routine of eat, get dressed, makeup, brush teeth, that kind of thing. Um, but so that looks usually looks about like 90 minutes to two hours. And with the 9am session, I'm like waking up at like 6.30 just to try and get there. Uh, That's not working in any world whatsoever because that's going to be like more time that I have to put on because my body's not going to work at 6.30 in the morning. So I had to, you know, try and figure out how to get sessions moved around or at least be able to like watch them online, you know, zoom into them, which was not an option. Uh, I found out that they were going to be recorded and I was just to watch them later. Except it is later, and they still have not given me recordings, so I missed the first like two or three section sessions each day of that like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday sessions. I have no clue what went on during them at all. Uh, apparently, it was not important based on what my classmates said, so I'm not I'm not missing out on much at all. Um, but it was like challenging to even get that because they're like. Mm, I think you can cut you know I don't see why you can't come and I was just like uh, well, do you want to see what my knee looks like? Cause I think that's going to answer a lot of your questions when you see what my joints look like. So, um, but I didn't have, so I usually need like closed captioning all the time It with my, um, I've auditory processing issues that have been caused by damage to the temporal lobe. And so having like, Auto, having closed captions in general, like card services, are really helpful when my brain wants to like retain important information. I can lip read to a certain extent where if it's like, you know, one person on a zoom call or one person, you know, a couple people in person, I can lip read. And also like most of the time context clues, you know, I can figure out what's going on. Um, and I'm not usually super concerned, you know, at least in social events, if they're like, Oh, Hey, can you beat that again? Like, no one cares at all. And, you know, when I'm on my laptop, I have my own stuff. I, you know, I have my own services, my own accessibility up and whatnot, but I didn't have any during orientation. So there were sometimes people were talking. Mind you, people are wearing masks because it's all in person. So I can't lip read. And there were a few times I was just staring blankly like I have no clue what this person is saying. Um, I'm just going to sit here and look like I know what's going on. Um, And I still, as of today, August 21st, still do not have my accommodations set for classes. Um, It turns out that if you start emailing the Disabilities Accommodation Center in June of 2021, trying to get your accommodations set up, for August, 2021, you won't get a response for two and a half months of just straight up ghosting. And I finally got a hold of the coordinator and he was just like, yeah, I had a family death. I was like, yeah, maybe for the last two weeks, but I have email receipts to you since like May actually. Um, when I asked what the process was, saying that I was an admitted student, I just want to know what the process looked like. So I had, you know, thinking, oh, I need this summer to like get all my documentation. Cool. Yeah. Um, nah none of that happened. Um, so I emailed this past week. I like awkwardly emailed all of my professors in accessibility disclosure. And I was like, so I don't know if you've heard from them. Cause I certainly haven't. Um, well, and I am, I do have issues hearing like, well, with auditory processing, not so much hearing. So if you call on me and I'm staring off into space, I'm not, not paying attention. I just have no fucking clue what you said. Um, and I also like ordered them that, like, yes, I will be having cart services in class. So, like, I will have my phone out in class all the time. And there might be, you know, it's an awkward delay between the time they finish talking and the time I start answering. Um, so, I was like, you know, just please be patient and understanding with me. I promise I'm not stupid, but like, please don't, like, you know, think less of me. And it was just a really, it was a really awkward and uncomfortable. Email yeah, I mean, that's a
0: bizarre first impression, right? That's not the first yeah. impression you want to be making. And, you know, yeah. even though whatever I'm, you know, me, I'm just like, whatever. I don't care what these people think. And you're pretty much the same way. But still, it's like you want to make a
1: good first impression on a teacher or something. And you and want like, to, you to realize you're intelligent. Or 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 whatever. You need professor recommendations in the legal field to, like, secure jobs, too, So I really didn't want to have to awkwardly talk to my professors about how I'm disabled because I was like oh shit like what if they don't write good recommendation letters or they write in my recommendation letter like yeah she's an okay like she's a good lawyer but like you do have to waste a lot of time and resources repeating things to her or trying to accommodate her and it was just like so awkward I've only heard I've heard back from all of my professors but two and the one professor that I have yet to hear back from is the one that when i first read her syllabus i was like "Ooh, you're gonna violate the ada in class <laughs> a lot you're <laughs> oh, oh, gonna have problems like she literally has in there that you can't have a transcriber in class and i was like i think i can um and you can't like get class recordings and i was like oh. I think I can um, considering like those are accommodations that I do have um, and so I was just I, as I was reading her thing she was just like all of this stuff has to be online through Microsoft Word and I was like and nope to that and nope to that those are violations of the ADA for me because you're going to ignore my accommodations um, mm-hmm. Microsoft just like isn't accessible for my specific um, disabilities so I use everything thing on google i don't know whoever said that microsoft is so much more accessible than google suite i don't think they've explored google suite within the last three and a half years Uh, because it's it's far superior to microsoft products um so I've had to, like, explain to them, you know, what's going on, that there's a chance that, like, some resources that you want us to read just, like, aren't accessible to me at all. Um, if you give me a Word document, you damn well better give me a PDF of it, too, so I can import it into my dark mode on Adobe Reader, because they have one now. Microsoft Edge does not. All right. Um. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> most of you know like about two of my prof- or three of my professors have already responded and they're like Think they, you know I haven't heard from the accessibility coordinator I'm hoping you know he reaches out within the next few days since technically he's the one who's supposed to tell the professors all of the information that I just mm. awkwardly shared with them right, um, right. and they're like you know let us know what you need like the one of my professors was just like all right like thank you for letting me know first and foremost secondly do you need a seat in the front row because like I will reserve you something in the front row do you, have you been able to get on this platform this platform this platform if you can't let me know and I will convert our entire semester into something that is accessible to you um or make you know everything pdf into pdf so you can just download them choose if there's ever like a video that you cannot um like listen to because it for some reason doesn't have captions or the captions just aren't working. She goes, let me know. We'll chat about due dates. Like we're we're going to be good to go. And I was like, oh my God, I love you. I haven't met you yet, but I love you. And she was like, if you want to chat more before class, here's my personal Zoom link that you can come into these so the office hours. And I was like... Not gonna do that. It's gonna be really awkward and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but thank you. <laughs> but you, you know,
0: you have the option, and that's that makes you feel good. But yeah, like what I was gonna say, the burden of getting your education is all put on you because their disability coordinator isn't contacting the professors and saying you need to do this. So it's on you yeah. to like contact them, and then that puts you in an awkward position. And fortunately, you know, you have some professors that are like, okay, uh, yeah, you know. So, um, you know, that are
1: empathetic to what's going on with you. So, And I have I have a feeling I'm going to have one or two professors that are going to be a dick about it. And at that and I already know who they are. It's the two that have yet to email me back. Exactly. I did email her today because I totally forgot about her uh, her existence in general, because (laughs) we have our syllabi on like two different platforms so all of them but one professor uploaded their syllabi to like the one platform that Mm. I know is completely accessible to me because I've used it before right um the other one I've never heard of never used before and our accessibility office was like I don't know about accessibility on that platform I was like well Isn't that kind of your job? (laughs) That's what you're paid to do. Yeah, so I had to, like, figure that one out and just, like, hope for the best. And I was like, oh, the weekend sounds like a great time. Because if I have a seizure, at least, hey, I have a few days to recover before starting class Monday morning. Um, (laughs) So there's that, but... I have a feeling like one of my professors based on her syllabi alone, I have a feeling her and I are going to have some problems Um, and I'm just going to be like, hey, you're a lawyer. I'm about to be a lawyer. I think you're familiar with this thing called the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I think you're aware that I know how to report an ABA bar complaint against you, as well as a university discrimination complaint and a board of education complaint. Because all of these things are taught to you during orientation. So it's kind of just gonna be one of those really awkward, well, awkward for her, not me. I've done this way too many times. <laughs> I'm comfortable with. It. <laughs> you're like a professional at being like, hey you need to do this, and this is why. Yeah, like, I literally almost got a professor suspended uh, from my undergrad university because she, mind you, she's the president's wife, too, so it was, gonna, it was an uphill battle, but she said a few very discriminatory things to me, and I immediately, after sobbing in her office, um, I immediately went to the disability office and proceeded to cry in there, um, and then was like, so, what's gonna happen? is you're gonna to talk to her and we're gonna get this sorted. And if not, I will file an official complaint against you and the professor to the Board of Education.
0: So yes. battle. Choose so, yeah. your battle. So yeah, that new professor yeah. it's probably not gonna like you because people don't like no. to be cool things. But no. we'll end this conversation here because we will wait for you to go to school <laughs> and then you can tell, share yes. with the world how you
1: are being violated
0: as a disabled
1: person. Let's <laughs> just catalog it. Yeah, my classes start on Monday and I honestly have no idea if I'll have um, closed captioning. So I'm just going to be awkwardly sitting in class like like what's what are that? they saying? <laughs> what you say? Professor, can you repeat that? But can you repeat that in a way that I can understand? So you're gonna have to say it like three times. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah, Vicky. well, I'm excited for you to go to school. I'm excited to hear your experience as a disabled person. I mean, excited in a way, like I hope you get accommodated and I <laughs> yeah. hope it's not a lot, but as disabled people, we know we're, we're going to, have some thing, some kind of obstacle somehow. And yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of This Crip Life. If you like what you hear, please consider donating at DIYable.com. And remember, disabled people are people.